This CosmicReality.com presentation is sponsored by MysticalWares.com. Welcome to Dolly Shares, a show where Dolly Howard shares her experiences, thoughts, and emotions as only Dolly can. This is a pre-recorded presentation. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. This is uh, Wednesday, March 6, 2019. You're listening to Dolly Shares, and it's my number 44 pre-recorded. Wow, I can't believe I've done that many already. Time has really been flying for me lately. Nancy Hopkins is the producer. And today, I'll just be discussing whatever comes into my head because I'm not feeling so good today. But we found out why I had blood work done and... Uh, Doctor's office called me yesterday it was and it came back and uh, she said my thyroid's over overacting <laughs> and didn't understand what she was saying to me and then I realized oh yeah my mom had a hyperthyroid and she had to take a pill every morning wait a half hour and it did you could tell the difference um, when she was taking the pill and when she wouldn't because sometimes she would get ornery like me and not want to take pills <laughs> I come by that orneriness uh, through her well and my dad's ornery too <laughs> And now that I think about it, so's Grandma. Right, that's my mom's mom. And my Grandma Oliver, who's my mom's mom's mom. And Grandma Oliver, uh, she was so ornery, she lived to be 102 years old. And she was cognizant the whole time. She, she was a joy. Well... <laughs> she was interesting to be around because she could be a little stinker and she was little I don't think she even reached five feet but she sure was the head of the family oh my gosh was she ever I think I talked to you all about Grandma Oliver and her beliefs and things before but I'm in the mood to share them again so those of you who haven't heard it will hear it. And those of you who have heard the stories, you'll just hear them again if you listen, if you continue to listen. Oh, but first I wanted to tell you these common symptoms of high TSH levels. That's the uh, hypothyroidism that's what it is 
high TSH levels. It includes, and this this is craziness because I read it and I thought, what are they doing writing about me? Until I get to the end. Includes weakness, fatigue, difficulty waking up. Boy, that's a truth. Difficulty losing weight and or weight gain, which I'm not the 110 pounds I used to be. Roughening of the hair and skin, and my hair is very harsh. It got harsh, and my skin keeps flaking away. It's so dry. Even when I put the extra, extra heavy stuff on the doctor ordered for me, it's on for maybe half hour, and then my skin's back to being flaky again and rough. And <coughs> hair loss. Yes, I'm losing my hairs. A pale or yellow tinge to skin. Got that. Brittle nails. My nails break just me looking at them. Intolerance to cold. Well, I can't claim that because I've always had that. And it says constipation, which I don't have a problem with. Depression, I have had that lately. Mood swings, y'all have heard my mood swings. Abnormal menstruation, I haven't had that since they made me an it back in 74, I think it was. I had complete hysterectomy back then. Decreased sex drive. <laughs> I haven't had a sex drive in so many years. <laughs> I talk dirty sometimes, but I've not had a sex drive a long time. And here's a biggie. Memory loss. Holy cow. I keep trying to tell kids, I don't remember this. It's something they told me very recently, if not like a couple minutes ago. Um... So, high TSH levels can affect a person's overall outlook and mentality. If you know any people who have any of these kind of symptoms, tell them gently. Maybe they should get some blood work done, uh, including thyroid levels. Um, because this is really very frustrating. Oh, here. Uh, when hypothyroidism is left untreated, it can cause myxedema, M-Y-X-E-D-E-M-A, coma, which is a dangerous condition that results in loss of normal brain function and even death. That M-Y-X-E-D-E-M-A coma is rare, but it is most common in women and elderly hypothyroid patients whose thyroid condition is left untreated for an extended period of time. Incidence of this M-Y-X-E-D-E-M-A coma increases during the winter months and in areas of extreme cold. So it's important if you see people who have those symptoms, especially 
um, women and elderly peoples um, please ask them to go get some lab work done talk to their doctor about it and 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 he'll order some lab work for them what is this those who suffer from uh, I'm not reading that I don't want to give my body any any more thoughts to put in it and try to copy the thoughts <laughs> no no I'm not going to give it that opportunity but anyway y'all that's important I did not realize uh, that I could go into this coma thing because sometimes I really really have to fight staying conscious um, and I I do I fight I fight, I fight, I fight all the time. But um, now that I understand it, and my doctor is such a good guy, he's working with me on all these different things and trying to get me off pills because he knows I hate taking them so much. But anyway, wanted to share that with you all so that you could maybe better understand some of my friggin' health issues when you hear me and I get crazy. <laughs> I mean, I'm normally crazy. But <laughs> sometimes I get even a little crazier than I get crazy, my normal crazy. <laughs> oh, let's see. Oh, yeah, I was talking about Grandma Oliver. My grandma Oliver. She was short in stature, plump, um, and she married a six. He, grandpa Oliver was over six feet tall. <laughs> they looked like what? Well, who are the Mutt and Jeff standing next to each other? So, and and the thing is, she didn't even like him. <laughs> of course, back then, that's back in the horse and buggy days, y'all. For real, in the eighteen hundreds. Back then, uh, she really. She was in a position where she had to marry him. Hmm. I'm drinking my coffee while I'm talking to you. I got out of bed long enough to take care of the cats. Feeding water them and clean up the poop from Amber. And I made my coffee and I came back into bed. I just have no freaking energy. But I did want to do this Dolly Shares. So I asked Nancy if she had any suggestions. <laughs> she did. Bless her heart, she did. She said, talk about uh, your childhood, the, the school days. And uh, uh, my school days, I hated school. I hated school. Even the word hate isn't strong enough for how I felt.
from the first day of kindergarten. It was such a a trial, trial and tribulation for me. I had to try to fit in, and I didn't. I mean, even as a child, I was not like other kids. I was like I, I am now, but I had to try to contain myself to, to keep it all inside. But it's really hard to try to be someone you're not, especially as a child. Well, I don't think it gets any easier. So I was trying to be what they expected of me, but that, that was so hard. So anyway, I'm trying to remember, because Nancy said, well, tell them about the curriculum. <laughs> it's hard when you can't remember most of your childhood. Um, I was born in 1947, so... I'm a baby boomer, a true baby boomer, and uh, when I went to school, hmm, I made it through kindergarten somehow, and the only thing I remember about kindergarten was the first day and how much I hated it, and how I tried to fit in with the other kids in the class, and I just didn't. And then my next memory of school is um, first grade. They were having parents' day where parents would come in and sit in the classroom for the however long they had to sit in there, an hour all day, some of them. And when we had to go to the bathroom back then, we had to raise our hand and put up one finger or two fingers. One finger meaning you have to pee. Two fingers meaning you have to um, poop. And sometimes the kids would be funny and put up three fingers, meaning they had to do both. So here I am. I really had to go to the bathroom, number one. And I put my hand up, my one num one finger up, and she looked right at me and indicated that I should put my arm down. So I did. This went on three or four times until finally I knew I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait any longer. So I put my arm up, number one finger up, and I'm waving it at her frantically. She looks at me again and was angry and came over to me and said, Put your arm down. You're not going now. I said, But I really have to go really bad or I'm going to have an accident. Well, the accident happened right there in the classroom, in my seat, in front of all the parents and the students. so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. So they take me out 
the teacher did and she she got somehow there was another lady she got there and told her to take me to the bathroom well it was too late by then of course all my clothes were wet my socks were wet my shoes were wet my underwear my slip my dress because back then girls were not allowed to wear pants as in uh as in slacks and jeans no we had to wear dresses so okay so then this lady took me and sat me in a hall in like a hallway but it's a stairwell it was a stairwell I have sitting on the steps they called my mom to come and get me and I was just bawling my eyes out I was so mortified I never wanted to go back in that school building again never ever so mom came and got me I remember being in the car and crying and I was trying to explain it to my mom and that's all I remember about it and then the next school memory I have we always we always said at the start of the school of of the school day we always said pledge allegiance to the American flag and then we said pledge allegiance to the Christian flag I bet none of you know we ever had a Christian flag well we did and we used to say pledge of pledge allegiance to the Christian flag too and uh, that would start our school day off and we had recess I, I don't know if they have recess these days or not I would think they would have to hold on yep okay that's good coffee mm -mm -mm. um so where was I oh recess we had to go outside whether it was cold or not they had uh, parent volunteers they had volunteers anyway adult volunteers who would go to the playground supposedly watch the children and, but they spent all their time in a group in a huddle talking and laughing having a good time so um I was out playing trying to have a good time and this kid came up he had a horn and he put it up against my head at my ear and blew it as loud as he could well it it burst my eardrum I still I have had trouble hearing out of that ear ever since then and I had blood coming out of it and so I went to the group of adults crying because I'm telling you the pain almost put me to the ground as a child and I went to the adults and I was crying oh what's the matter with you 
And they said, he blew the horn in my ear. My ear hurts bad. And they looked at it, and one lady had a handkerchief, and she was. She said, here, put this in your ear to stop the blood. Now go play. So, there's another fantastic memory from school. And that was the first grade. I told my parents. By then, uh, evidently the blood had dried. And, but they didn't understand the gravity of it. They, I don't know why, but they didn't understand it. So, there I was with a burst eardrum. The next school memory I have... Sheesh, what is it? I remember standing at the bus stop and because we were girls we had to wear the dresses um, and the snow was the snow was up to my yin-yang <laughs> we lived in Ohio at that time Toledo and uh, it had done a bad snowstorm the night before and I was just little I always was little skinny so I was skin and bone and so uh I'm standing there trying to I cleared a little pathway around me so I could uh, scooch down and put my dress over my legs and try to stay warm well I guess after that day is when my mom went out and got me some leggings because I could put leggings on and tuck my dress into the leggings and I was a little warmer with the coat and gloves and the hat I remember that uh, let me see and I was I remember thinking I wish I'd been born a boy <laughs> I didn't like being a girl so much mm. my next school memory Let me see. We moved. My father uh, had a job at Sunoco Company. He started working in the maintenance department uh, in Toledo by the by the refinery, and uh, he would the, he would work on the trucks. Well, then he got an opportunity to transfer to a different job so he went to schooling and he learned how to work on the gas pumps so and, and he got his own blue maintenance truck with all the equipment on it and the toolboxes and the ladders and it was a pretty sweet truck maintenance truck and, of course, it was all the colors of Sunoco Company, the blue, the yellows. And we got transferred to Indiana. My mother crying and sobbing all the way. She didn't want to leave her family. They were very close. And my dad didn't really care for the family, the right side. And that's W-R-I-G-H-T. <laughs> 
Although it did get into conversations, there was the right side and the wrong side of the family. <laughs> the wrong side being the H-O-W-A-R-D, Howard's side. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, the next school. Oh, yeah, we were in Indiana. Mm, I do have memories of Roanoke, Indiana. We rented this house in Roanoke, Indiana. Dad was working out of Huntington, Indiana. But he didn't have to go into their office or maintenance department there because he traveled around the state of Indiana fixing the different things in the gas stations gas pumps and whatever else the hydraulics and all that springs and all that stuff overhead door overhead springs and so uh school i don't remember school in roanoke at all i don't think i did go to school in roanoke because it was during the summer we only lived there a couple of months. That's when my sister and I were walking down a street and the tree trimmers were there and we saw a squirrel, a little baby squirrel on the trunk of a tree that had been cut. And so she she took the squirrel off of the tree and we brought it home and we put it in a cage and fed it all these fruits and nuts and things squirrels eat and we had the squirrel while we lived there in Roanoke it was kind of cool and then mom said we had to let it go out into the wilderness at the wilderness city little bitty village of Roanoke <laughs> everyone knows everyone in Roanoke it's just a crossroad the the town was just a crossroad had a bank on one corner and drugstore on the other corner and I can't even remember what was on the other two and uh, this house that we lived in was one of those stone houses big stones that were cemented together or whatever they used to hold them together it was a, literally a stone house and it had this huge pretty big nice huge porch it went across the front of the house but it had an upstairs the stairway divided the upstairs one side was identical to the other side and the roof slanted because the roof uh, was there uh, they didn't they didn't dormer it out it, it, well, yeah, they had one dormer on each side. So, my sister and I would change sides every once in a while because there was this entity that would come out. And it was a dark thing. And we could hear it. We could hear the noise it made. Because at the end of the uh, of one, I'd say like a third of it, it was it had a door the other two-thirds was open bedroom the other third on that on the one side of the house 
had a doorway, wall doorway, and it was attics. So this thing lived in the attics, and it would come out. It didn't matter, daytime or nighttime. So, of course, we were scared to death. My mother would never go upstairs. Not once did that woman go upstairs. She would send us up there every night. Well, every night, we'd come running down the stairs and into their bed and sleep with them the rest of the night. Um, it was just scary as heck. So, but I loved the house. This is crazy. Had this beautiful room out back. Uh, and it was an all-weather room, but it was huge, and, and it was so much fun there. Had good neighbors on each side and across the street. And it just was a fun place. Well, then uh, they found this house that they wanted to purchase, and it was in Markle, M-A-R-K-L-E, Indiana. It was a really nice house, a ranch house, and it spread out forever. I, I don't even know what the footage was, but it was huge. It was in the middle of an acre of land, up on the hill. Markle had this hill. Well, they had... The hill went around the city of Markle. Markle was kind of in the valley of this big, big hill. And across the street from our house was the cemetery, the Markle Cemetery. We loved it. Oh my gosh, we used to play in there and have a good time. And then on Halloween, um, the Markle residents were, they were a lot of fun. Some of them were so darn, darn naughty. The adults, I'm talking the adults. So the adults would get together and they would string a rope across uh, the width of the back width of the cemetery that had tree trees on it just before the hills started to go down. And so they would string this rope from one street to the other because it, it, the street went into a Y and that's where the cemetery was, in the Y. So we had a street on one, the back side of the cemetery and the street on the front side and we lived on the front side. And there were three other houses up there on the hill. Up on the hill. <laughs> that's how they would refer to where we lived. They live up on the hill. Oh, on this string that the adults put up in the cemetery at Halloween, they would put this sheets. They would make a ghost out of sheets, and then it would run from one end of the, the string to the other end of the string, and they'd, they'd take shifts. It wasn't very busy. Uh, it <laughs> Car traffic-wise, but they had enough traffic that they could have fun 
with it. And so they would run that ghost across the cemetery. <laughs> and we'd be sitting out there watching for reactions from people. And those who didn't know about it, strangers coming to visit their family in Marco. <laughs> they almost drove off the road. Sometimes they would drive off the road. <laughs> it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And we had a lot of um, hayrides. I don't know if city peoples know about hayrides, but you get the hay wagons and... Uh, you put the straw on the bottom, the hay and the straw, whatever they're using, on the bottom of the the floor part of the hay, the hay truck. And then you put barrels, bales of hay around so people can sit on the bales. And this always would be in the winter, of course. And sometimes the horses would pull the tractor, the trailers and sometimes it would be the tractors pulling the trailers um, but we'd ride around the country and have a good time singing and laughing and talking then we'd end up at somebody's house where um, the mothers or the other adults would have hot chocolate hot cider um, marshmallows apples all sorts of apples. The Duncan apples, we dunk for apples. And uh, caramel apples, candy apples, popcorn, brownies, cookies. Oh, it was just wonderful. And we'd be together with the adults then, and we'd be singing and laughing and talking. I loved Markle. I lived there from the third grade through the, I can't remember, 8th or ninth grade. And I just loved it. And there was a sign just before you go down the hill, how many people live in the city of Markle, residents or whatever, I can't remember exactly. They had, I think it was 560 some, and they marked it out and added R4 to the sign so it changed the number to 600 and plus the 4 and then below it it says two girls with exclamation marks <laughs> they all, the families there seem to have all boys very few girls so they were excited two girls were moving to Markle <laughs> boy was that fun <laughs> and they have in Markle they have a quarry that filled with water and in the bottom of the quarry are a couple railroad cars and of course the railroad tracks and a couple buildings down there and so we would try to dive down and touch the top of the box cars, railroad cars. That was so much fun. Oh, I tell you, I loved it. Of course, for me to get there, it was a long way. Uh, it really was. It was down the hill, through the city, across 
the bridge and out the other side uh, just outside of town uh, so it was a long walk to and from well, sometimes I'd ride my bicycle but it was hard getting up the hill you'd have to walk the bicycle up the hill because the hill was so steep <laughs> it was a challenge we'd try to ride the bicycle up the hill but we'd never make it to the top um, and then when I went to school there the school was down in the town right across from the church we went to Markle Church of Christ and uh, I found out one of my cousins my younger cousins preached there for a while I don't know if he's still there or not but anyway what a coincidence not a coincidence things happen um, anyway uh, the school was so old it was all brick squared brick building and it had three different floors the basement the first floor and the second floor the second floor nobody could go on in certain parts because the floor was weak on the first floor uh, when I went to school they had first second and third grades in the same room and I think I was in third so it was a big deal to be able to move over to the next one which was four five and six four five and six were in the, another room and it really was kind of a sweet deal because if you didn't learn something in the lower grade than you were in when you were there you could certainly learn it again because you're sitting right there here in the other two classes it really was pretty sweet deal there were ten of us in our class seven were boys three of us were girls until one of the girls family moved and then there was only two girls and so uh, it was a big deal when I got in seven and eighth grade there were only two classes in one room and it only went up to Now, wait a minute. Seven, it only first through sixth grade was in Markle, in that school. Three grades to each room. We only had two rooms that were usable. When you graduated to seventh grade, you moved out of town to a different school. What was called Rock Creek School, and we'd go to seventh and eighth grade there and the class size got bigger when we graduated to seventh and eighth grade but anyway we're in the sixth grade I remember this so vividly it's a country town it's a farm town everybody was a farmer except for the city dweller the the village dwellers and so we 
we were reading a book. I I can't remember if it was geography or if it was history book, but it had the word M A N U R E in it. And and nobody knew how to pronounce it. And Mrs. King, our teacher, was laughing so hard. Her eyes were crying, and she couldn't even talk. And then she'd get a, get control of herself, and she'd say, Now, you kids should know how to say this word, especially you kids. And so we were trying hard to sound it out and say it, and we just couldn't come up with the right pronunciation, didn't know what it was. <laughs> she had us look it up in the dictionary finally once she got her fun from it she laughed so hard she laughed for weeks over that word so finally we we all are together in a circle we're looking the word up in the dictionary <laughs> and we find out the word is manure <laughs> like cow poop sheep poop <laughs> chicken poop <laughs> We we even started laughing. Oh my gosh, it's manure. Yeah, we should have known that word. I mean, we played in the fields with the manure. <laughs> we used to use the cow patties as bases because they would dry out in the sun, <laughs> and we'd play basketball in the meadow, not baseball in the meadow, and we'd use the cow patties for um bases <laughs> so, I, I have the good memory there I have a good memory of school right there <laughs> oh my gosh and then Mrs. King moved over because they closed the school down the end of my sixth year they condemned it <laughs> the school was condemned so Everybody had to move out to Rock Creek. So Mrs. King came over to Rock Creek, and she was our seventh and seventh grade teacher out at Rock Creek. So that was pretty cool. I really liked Mrs. King. She was a cool lady. She said, she told us that her and her husband had a car accident one time, and um, the car flipped over on its side, and he. Her husband was pinned under it, and nobody was around to help, of course, because they were out in the out, out in the country. And he was hurting and hollering, and so she said she went over and she pushed the car over. Well, back then the cars were bigger, the cars were heavier because they didn't they weren't made of plastic, and and so. For her to push that car over by herself was a miracle. And so what she was trying to teach us was how adrenaline in your body can help you to do things a body normally wouldn't be able to do. I remember that story so vividly. I have good memories of school when Mrs. King was my teacher. 
and we would do our math and we'd go up to the blackboard you always wanted to go to the blackboard because it was so fun to show off your your ability to do the math <laughs> and back then it was math it wasn't the stupid ass stuff they have now oh my gosh I saw it on TV and I called Annette in I said Annette look at this look at this what they're doing uh, uh, I, I couldn't she said, Mom, that's why I c couldn't help Dalton with his math. She said she even went into the school to the teacher. And the teacher said, apologized all over the place. This is how we are being forced to teach the children. Oh, I, okay, I won't, get, I won't stay on that. My next school memory... <laughs> We moved again when I was, oh, when I was in the eighth grade, I moved upstairs, because that was junior high. We moved upstairs in Rock Creek, two-floor school there, too. One day, sitting in math class, the teacher came in late, and he was really mean. I, I don't know. He wasn't a real nice guy to start with, but he was exceptionally mean that day. He pulled the kid next to me out of his seat and shook him. He had him by the, by the neck part of his shirt in the front, pulled the kid right out of the seat, off his feet, and slapped him across the face. And then he threw him in his chair again. And we had those old desks uh, with the bench light seat that was connected to the desk part that you flipped the lid up and, the, and it had a, uh, a well in there where you put your books and stuff. So I looked up and when the teacher moved I could see out the window of the door. And there I saw the principal and police standing. And I thought, what the heck? And the teacher didn't see him. He went up to the front of the classroom. And the principal uh, asked me, where is he? Because I was the only one seeing him at that point. No one else. Everyone else was looking at the teacher. And I pointed kind of sneakily to the front of the room and the principal let, put his hands up like stay calm uh, moving them from side to side stay calm kind of thing and all of a sudden he opens the door the principal opened the door he came in and he said Mr. I can't remember his name will you please come out in the hallway uh, you have a phone call and I want you to come to the office with me and they had an argument over it but the guy the teacher did go to the hallway well the police had disappeared where you couldn't see them from inside the classroom they evidently were on the side walls sides of the walls and as soon as he came out they grabbed him and had a scuffle and got him handcuffed well come to find out later 
he had that morning killed his wife and went over and killed his in-laws. Oh my gosh! And so we never saw that teacher again. That was a scary time for all of us. But the whole school band together and we got through it. I liked that school. Because when I got in the 8th grade, we got to move from room to room, and we had four rooms up there. And so we got to move from room to room for the different subjects, the math, the social studies, geography. We had geography back then. Not that I learned it very well. Math, geography, social studies... I can't remember what the other subject was, but we did get to move around and talk with each other, and it was fun. Then my dad got transferred again, and my world came crashing around me. I had boyfriends there. I had people there, kids there. I I did chores on the farm. Because my parents were really close friends with the Smith family. And there were like six brothers and their wives and their children. And I would get to go and stay at at their farmhouses with them. And get up and do chores in the morning and do chores at night. And one of my chores was to be able to feed the cows as they're in their... They come in to be milked. And so they had a feed trough while they were being milked. They had the feed trough, so I got to put the feed for the cows in the trough. And I got to pet the cows and talk to them. And, oh, I had so much fun. And then I graduated to where I got to clean the teats off, you know, wash rag, uh, nice warm washcloths, and you clean it off, and then they put the milkers up to the, well, anyway, I got to do that. I I really got ingrained in that in that environment. Well, then we moved to South Bend, Indiana. Went to this school where everybody was awful to me. I had very long, thick black hair on my legs. Well, by then the the girls were able to shave their legs. They, heck, they shaved their legs years before I was able to. My mom wouldn't let me. So, of course, I was made fun of. And we had these knee-high socks, so I would wear knee-high socks all the time because I was so freaking embarrassed, and they made fun of me so bad. And so I went back to hating school, hating life, because I couldn't get away from my parents. Before, in Markle, I was always out on the farm, somebody's farm, usually uh, Vaughn and Mary's farm, where they had four boys, and I was madly in love with one of them, who was my age. And uh, Mary even taught me how to drive the tractor, to plow the fields and harvest them and all that. So anyway, here I am, in the city, in in this awful place my father got knocked off a ladder where he was up high in the station 
working on a spring of the overhead door and the spring unsprung and knocked him off the ladder and threw him on the ground and he crushed his heel had to have bone transplants and everything so it was a bad situation for a while uh, in especially bad in the house with him being injured and then uh, they were they were renting when I went to that school then we they found a house that they liked in a subdivision in South Bend a couple miles away from Notre Dame Notre Dame was just down the street and we were in this subdivision where I made some girlfriends and I enjoyed the girlfriends as much as I could because I had so many rules on me so anyway I graduated school from there Clay High School it was down the hill we lived on the top of a hill again in the subdivision it was down the hill and across one street it wasn't very far at all but it was far enough in the winter you froze your ass off before you got home oh it was awful cold awful awful cold and the snow snow was so deep one time I'm trying to get home from school we had a bad storm come in they let school out early even because the snow was so high and uh, I walked to and from because we were so close so I'm trying to get up the hill and I literally got stuck in the middle of the street in the snow the snow plows couldn't even get through so the neighbor who lived at the bottom of the hill came out he says Dolly what's the matter I said oh mister so-and-so I can't remember his name I can't get out of the snow and so he came out and he helped me to get pulled out of that snow and he said well do you think you're gonna make it up to your house I said I don't know I'm gonna try and so he watched me bless his heart he watched me all the way up giving me encouraging words <laughs> that was a good memory I didn't like the school there but that was a good memory of my neighbor helping me uh, then I don't have any good memories of high school absolutely none it was another place where I tried to fit in and I didn't so I graduated and even before I graduated I was I started college so I'd uh, get out of school and go into college and and high school going to college and uh, it that lasts about two weeks and I finally graduated from high school and I found out I loved college that was because I had freedom <laughs> I had freedom from my parents and I thoroughly enjoyed college graduated with my associate's degree and went on to work at Indiana University for one of the profs there and then I got married and 
We lived at my parents for a while, at least I did, and then I flew out to California, lived with him, and where'd we live first? National City, which is a suburb of San Diego, California. And then we, his ship, the Bonnieham Richard, moved to Long Beach, so we moved to Long Beach on Queer Corner. It was called Queer Corner, folks. I'm not just being mean. That's what it was called. It was a block from the police department and a couple blocks from where his ship was parked. From where he was by where uh, Queen Mary is now at Long Beach. So that's the extent of my school to where I got married. And I never did get to tell you about Graham Oliver again. I guess you'll have to look that one up. Or I did talk about her and her miraculous life. <laughs> um, I apologize that I can't tell you about the curriculum stuff in the schools. I, I really... My childhood was not fun, except for a couple times. Uh, every year for two weeks we would go to Atlantic City, North Carolina, which was an island just off of Moorhead City, and the whole Wright family would rent one cottage that had umpteen million bedrooms, so everybody, every family had their own bedroom, their own, they shared a bathroom. Uh, with Two families would share one bathroom. And uh, I had freedom there. My parents would let me run with my cousins and we'd have a good time. So that was, that's the extent of my childhood. Um, my mom, she, she always apologizes to me. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And I keep telling her, once I grew up and understood how hard it is, to raise children, especially when you're not ready, I understood her. And I told her, Mom, I forgive you. Don't be apologizing to me anymore. I forgive you. You didn't know how to raise a child. You weren't ready for a child. And so I've tried to make peace with my mom over that. I have peace in my heart. And hopefully she does, too. I think she's moved on to where she's doing whatever they do once they get through their funeral here. She went to her funeral. But I feel her essence. I feel her essence. Just do your stuff, Mom. Don't worry about me. So, uh, I guess I shared with you all my school days it was a different way to share it I don't think Nancy had that in mind but but I did share with you part of my life and I told her I would go wherever the angels lead me and Dave says hi Dave Dave is saying well you needed to share that because there are other people out there who have lived through difficult childhoods and 
he says how do I say that hmm. he is saying to me I'm going to repeat his words that I am not of this world but I came to this world and had a very difficult time adjusting because where I came from it wasn't this hard but I came here with a purpose in mind and I'm fulfilling the goals that I came to do and most of the goals are now as an adult but I had to get to this stage and I did have things that to learn throughout the childhood and I he says you did a good job with what you had to work with oh thank you Dave he says everyone everyone has their goals and you're meeting your goal and you're doing a good job and he's laughing about the posse out there posse thinks you're doing a good job you're with the people you need to be with and they're very happy that I am where I am at this point in time and that's it y'all that's all I got for you today I'm pretty worn out now I think I'll take a nap but I wanted to do this for you because I see more and more are starting to listen and talk to me and tell me that they like to they look forward to my ramblings <laughs> bless your hearts <laughs> thank you for sharing with me that you do that you do like to listen to me because I, I just can't find what the interest is <laughs> but I like to talk to you I, I like to talk to y'all okay until next time bye bye You have been listening to Dolly Shares with Dolly Howard. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Cosmic Reality Radio. We appreciate your support. Please visit our sponsor at mysticalwares.com for our huge selection of metaphysical products, gifts, candles, incense, and one of the largest Shungite collections available. Cosmic Reality Radio is sponsored by Mystical Wares Online Store, where coupon code SAVE10 will get you 10% off your entire order at mysticalwares.com.